up, everybody? We back. R2C2, uh, a late night edition. <laughs> hey, man. We're recording Wednesday night at about 11 Eastern, uh, 1047 to be exact. The final out of game three of the American League Division Series between the Yankees and Rays was just recorded. The Rays 8-4 win, take a 2-1 series lead. And see, you know, what's different this year for us um, is we're able to do instant reaction pods to playoff games and and most specifically Yankee playoff games because you're retired. So we have yeah, this yeah. option now. Yeah, you trying to get me to do a pod after a fucking loss uh, in the playoffs would, would not have went well, went well <laughs> as me as a player. You know? <laughs> no, man. No, it would not have. And I see we're both rocking our Brooklyn Nets gear for this. Yeah, uh, man, I'm, I'm ready. Pod too. I'm oh ready for my the basketball gosh. season to restart well, because this season's over. So here's the thing. All right. I mean, obviously, we're going to react to what we just saw in Game 3. But the, the, the thing that's still of most relevance in my mind, and I believe your mind, and I'm sure most of our listeners' minds, is what happened in Game 2 yesterday. Because here's my thing, see. This team was rolling. You could tell the confidence was back. The bravado was back. And what the Yankees did with Happ and Garcia rolling out an opener in the fashion that they did, it felt like they were trying to pull an okey-doke. They were trying to get cute. They were more worried about an opposing team's weaknesses than their own strengths. And to me, not just the tangible effects, but the psychological effects, I, I felt like it was the absolute wrong time to try something like that. And it obviously blew up in their faces. Yeah, it was, it was just a tough time. Um, you know, obviously, you know, neither one of those guys have ever been in that situation. So to ask Davey to go out and pitch one inning and then to ask Hap to come in after, and you know, it's just a, just a tough thing to do in, in game two after, you know, you already, you know, beat Snell. You know, you, you up game, you know, you up one right. Um, You know, the offense is rolling. And, and you know why not just just play it straight up and and just try to play to our strengths and and uh, and, and roll and and just roll that way. But you know, obviously, you know they make those decisions. The front office, uh, Booney, you know the coaching staff, and um, you know you have to live with it. So you know, hopefully, uh, Monty can go out and get the job done tomorrow and extend the series, and you know we get the game five and get the and get the ball back to Garrett. You know, see, let me let me ask you uh, uh, about just like. You know, it, you you adjusted a little bit to a bullpen role last year, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you kind of took on a different role. Jay Happ is a guy who he did do some of that bulk role last year. Didn't get to do it this year. I don't think he did it at all during the regular season this year. Um, but you obviously can give insight on what that's like, right? For a lifetime starter to be put in that position. And Jay didn't pitch well, obviously, but... How difficult is that to 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 go out and do that when you're kind of used to doing things one way? Or in today's baseball, is it easier to accept? Hey, this might be a role I have to do. How how, how does that feel as a guy who's who's a who's a veteran starter? I think a guy that's a veteran starter, I think it's that's a tough role to accept. Um, getting put in the bullpen, like I got put in the bullpen, you know, that's easier to accept than like, hey, we're gonna have somebody open the game for you, and then you come in in the second inning. Um, so, you know, I can understand his frustration a little bit, just, you know, him being around so long, he's got playoff experience. Um, you know, so it's kind of like, what am I here for? You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're a veteran. So, um, I can understand a little bit of of his frustration for sure uh, of last night. 
Yeah, because you could see after the game he was frustrated. You know, yeah, he yeah, a little bit, yeah. And, and 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 I get it. And I guess that's my thing. See, is you know, I looked at it and I said, okay. Well, first of all, actually, let me let me just say this. I was really excited to watch Davey Garcia pitch in that game. <laughs> and you know what? You know what I was thinking? Like, this is really smart. I thought of them starting him because if there's ever a time to start a 21-year-old on the road uh, in, in a playoff game, it's this year because there's no fucking fans in the stand. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. seriously. Yeah, like, you yeah. can just lock in. It's like pitching the game on the backfield. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which he's used to. Like, it's like, it's nobody in the stand. So... There's not that pressure of the loud, you know, the crowd. If you walk a guy or they get a rally going, you don't have to, you can take that out of it. It's just you locking in on the lineup. So I, I was really excited to watch him pitch too in that environment. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a great point. That's a great point. And, and, and you know, there was also sort of a feeling from my perspective too of, hey, you got game one. You have Tanaka in game three, who's always been the playoff security blanket. Like, this is the best spot for Davey Garcia in a lot of ways, right? And I think that was the other thing I felt, you know, upset about was that we didn't get to see Davey do his thing because of the way he was rolled out as an opener. Like, I, just as a fan, I would have loved to get to see what Davey Garcia was going to do in game two, and we didn't get to see it. And you're right, see, maybe it would have been also just the best spot experience wise for him yeah i mean i was i was feeling really good about him starting yes uh yesterday just because of the no fans and i, I thought it was perfect i was like oh this is brilliant like there's no fans you know he, he can go out lock in and and do his thing but uh obviously it didn't turn out that way so like i said man you know you still got games to play monty's got the ball tomorrow and you know we just keep going yeah, let me see, and and I want to I want to you know get your reaction to Game Three and what we just saw, and and obviously turn ahead to how Monty, uh, you know, evens this thing up at two games apiece. But but let me ask you this, man, because I'm sure our audience is wondering this this perspective. You know, you now you're a part of the front office, so you have that perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And you've learned you've learned the analytics more and more. You also. I mean, I, I want to say you kind of know some coaching after the way you had that fungo down at spring training, you know, like, <laughs> and, and then, and then obviously, you know, uh, about two decades as a player. So, um, what, if you're a player and you see the way the strategy is unfolding yesterday, what's the reaction if you're, you know, one of the Yankees on the field watching this play out or, or you're in the clubhouse? I mean, I don't think there is a reaction. You just you just keep going. I think at you know at this time, especially this group, like we've been, that, I say we that yeah, well, group has been through so much. You know what I'm saying? Like we that group has been down 2-0 in, in in series and came back and you know so there's no panic. It just kind of is what it is. Like we just play the next game. So uh, the strategy played out how it played out. It's kind of like the same thing when everybody was freaking out about Joe not get, doing the replay in Cleveland. Yeah. We never gave a shit about that. It was just the next game up. You know what I'm saying? So in that clubhouse, they, they we're out here reacting to all of that. In that clubhouse, they don't care about that. They they worried about tomorrow and, and, and getting to the next game. You know what I'm saying? So um that's one thing about this group is I don't and I don't I can't even tell you where it came from or or how we got that way, but it is super laser focused and 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 really doesn't really worry about any outside noise and can just get to the next game and Obviously, you've seen us do that in in series in this with this core group that was really young at the time. 
So that's really interesting to me, see, because I look at what happened in game two and I seriously worry about it having this residual mental effect on the psyche of the team because I felt like everything was flowing one way. You tried to get cute. The analytics told you one thing. It blew up in your face. By the way, I'm someone who believes in analytics, but just not for every single decision you ever make in life. And as you can tell, I'm still furious about the decision. <laughs> yeah, you pissed <laughs> off about it. <laughs> yeah, I am, man. I still, I still am so mad about it, and I 100% think it was the wrong, wrong call. However, part of my worry about it is thinking about the psychological after effects for the team. But it's interesting to me because you're saying to me, that's only a thing for the fan base, for observers. Yeah. That's not a thing in the clubhouse for the guys. That, that's a fan thing, which is great for us to be able to sit out here and react <laughs> and, you know, speculate on how they feel. But they don't give a shit. Like, they got a game, They have a game tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, like, nothing else really matters. That shit was two days ago now. You know? So, it is what it is. It played out how it played out. Now you have to go out and win the game tomorrow. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's interesting to me. And why I like our pod, right? Because... You can give that perspective. You, you know what it's like. And you obviously know this group quite well also. Um, and I will say, it is amazing to me how athletes have that ability, right? To just be like, okay, well, the next thing I control is tomorrow's game. That's where my focus is. I'm not going to let this linger, right? So it, it, for, from a sort of narrative fan standpoint, it feels like the tide turned. And, oh, crap, is it ever going to turn back? But from your standpoint, if you're in that clubhouse, you're saying, well, it's still up to me. I, I can turn it back. Am I reading that right? For sure. It's still yeah. up to them. Like, and like for some weird part of me feels like this group likes to play with their back against the wall. Like they have to have something to to really go out and scrap and play for. So we go you'll get you'll get to see the real savages and the real heart <laughs> of, of the Yankees tomorrow. I promise you that. I mean, they're not gonna lay down. You know what I'm saying? No matter what kind of decision was made or what happened or or how it played out, they're going to go out and play hard. And and like I said, I don't know where that comes from, but this group has it. And and you either have that or you don't, where you go out and fight to the end and, you know, every at bat and, and every out, every strike. And, you know, we do that down to the down to the last out. So that it's they, they lose game three, a, a rare uh, postseason struggle for Masahiro Tanaka, who's been an all time great playoff pitcher, yeah. you know, a, a rare struggle for him. See anything you saw with his stuff tonight, or what he was struggling with that 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 he had issues with in Game Three? No, I thought he was pretty good. You know me. I mean, I'm gonna blame it on the fucking umpires. He had strike him out, throw him out <laughs> with the with the with the slider down, and then he struck out, and then and then Higgy threw out uh, Joey Window. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, the only thing that I've seen is we can't get this guy out. Whoever you know, this out, this yeah, what's his Ruzzaroni? name? Yeah, bro, we cannot get this guy out. <laughs> Like, walk this motherfucker for the rest of the series. He's on fire, cuz. He's hitting everything. Like, I, I, man, we got to walk this, this guy. But I felt like Masa had good stuff. I mean, it was just a call here or there, you know? And, and uh, you know, ends up hanging a slider to Kiermaier. I mean, hadn't hit a home run since September 1st, you know? So, I mean, you know, that's just how things go. I mean, I, I still have supreme confidence, confidence in Masa. He's been great for us. You know, he just got hung up here um, tonight. But, you know, you know you know what I like to do. I like to blame the umpires. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the part of you that has been and always will be just like a fan. So uh, I – but see, I 
I understand in this sense, and, and look, we know you lose a game, 8-4, there's a million opportunities to win, and, and, it's, and it's not just the umpire's fault. Obviously, we both get that. For anyone who's listening, well, they but they but they lost eight to four, and it's but not, not even but, not even but, that. I mean, Luke's at bat. You know yes, what I'm saying? That, yeah, like, it, that, yes, that Luke's see, at bat. Yeah, this shit yeah. is changing the game. I mean, even yeah, yes. even yesterday, even yesterday with CB behind the plate, it's fucking horrible. And 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 it's you know he's changing. You know, it's one one pitches that he's that he's making account one two. That shit changes the game, bro. Yes, this is the yes. fucking playoffs. Like you cannot get that shit wrong, and they've been getting it wrong a lot. It is yeah. what it is. Like it's, it's. I mean, Luke, fucking, it was a base loaded walk. Yes, yes, twice, twice. It should have like, been a base loaded walk. It's, it's insane. So uh, that sequence to me, and this is where postseason baseball is beautiful, right? And it's also frustrating and heartbreaking because baseball is a, is is such a nuanced game, and you can have the biggest moment at any moment in the game, right? Like. No, no bucket in the first quarter of an NBA game are you going back to and saying, ah, that's where the game changed. You know what I mean? That's just not the way the sport works, and that's not a knock on the sport. That's just not the way it is when we're talking about specifics to a given game. In baseball, it can be that. And this game three clearly turned when Luke Voigt is up with the bases loaded, two outs, and the hottest hitter on the planet on deck in Giancarlo Stanton, maybe next to a Ruzzaroni, yeah, no, definitely <laughs> next to the Russo Brody. That guy's a, he's the best player on the planet right now. Oh, oh my gosh, he's <laughs> unbelievable. And, and but Luke Voigt takes a 3-0 pitch that I mean it's it's not even close to being a strike. It's it's way below the zone. It's not a strike. It should be ball four. And I know umps expand the zone on 3-0, which always drives me nuts anyway. I'm sure you liked it when you pitched, but it drives me nuts. And I I, I was just blown away. And then there was a 3-1 pitch that also should have been a ball. Yeah. A run, a run should be in, and Stanton should be up in a 2-1 game with bases loaded. The 3-1 pitch, and it's Charlie Morton on the mound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can't let him get back in the count. The 3-1 pitch, I'm sitting here yelling at the TV because I see it outside the box. And I'm sitting here with with uh, one of my best friends, Michael Palmer, Skip. And he's like, you want that pitch if you're on the mound. I'm like, that ain't, that ain't the fucking point. Right now, we need that shit to be a ball, guys. That's a ball. It's outside that fucking box. It's a ball. Right. Exactly. And by the way, can Turner, for the love of God, give us the replay of a close pitch? Oh, my gosh. No, they, like, they don't want to do that because, oh, you know. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, I got to see base cam after. <laughs> like, I kind of I mean, like base cam, though, uh, guys. But, but, base cam is pretty dope. Base cam is dope all moments except immediately after when I need to see a controversial strike <laughs> ball call. I don't need base cam then. But but see, that is where the game changes, right? Because you because Voight, which they didn't replay either of those bad calls on him either, but Voight should have walked, Stanton should be up. Okay, that's significant. Then in the bottom of the inning, it's runner on first, nobody out, and Tanaka delivers what should have been called strike three to Adamas. It was a strike. And instead, it's called a ball, and it would have been a strike him out, throw him out, double play. Instead, it's not, and then a three-run homer is hit, and, and that's the game. You know, I mean, that, yeah, that's the game. Because right then there. that's a double play, and you, you yeah. know, you, he's basically out of the inning, and he's cruising. And look, I, I want to be clear. I am not saying, hey, the Yankees lost Game Three because of the umpires. I'm just saying those are critical mistakes that play a role. And overall, as people who love the sport, we should want that cleaned up. Like we. 
if we have technology to make this better, to make CB Buckner not be able to do what he did last night, like, don't we want to act? I mean, I don't know about Robo Umps, whatever, but if, if Robo get, Umps, I've been telling you, Robo yeah, Umps. Do, it'll, do you be, want it'll, be more, it'll be more offense anyway. Somebody's going to hit 400 if, if, they have, if you actually have to throw the ball over the plate. Mm. And, and it'll be way more walks, obviously. And these guys know the strike zone so well that I feel like if you actually had to throw the ball over, over the plate, Somebody's gonna hit. Somebody's gonna hit four hundred for real, for sure. Would you want them? See, would you want the robo umps? Yeah, as a fan, for sure. Yeah, I, just, okay. I, w- I wanted to be right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I want I it guess... to be the same. I want it to be the same for everyone. If, if yeah. you throw that pitch in the same spot, it has to be called either a ball or a strike. It can't be left up. You know what I'm saying? It can't be left up to chance. Yeah, yeah. See that? You know what? That is exactly how I felt. See, uh, it is is like. You literally had carbon copies, except for the one that was lower was called a strike, and the one that was higher was called a ball. In the case of the Tanaka, and then the the Morton pitch, Morton to Voight and Tanaka to Adamas, right next to each other, and it's like, man, something's wrong. If like one of these things is a strike and the other's a ball, at like, and you know, I mean, it's, I mean, and yesterday, uh, they you know they do a run evaluation thing with the home plate umpire and CB Buckner, like they his missed calls gave the Rays an average like <laughs> run expectancy of like an additional run based on his calls. And you're right. You just kind of want yeah. it to be the same for both teams. You know, I'm it's, telling you, I've never seen a strike call like that when he called on Glaber, bro. Like hope. that fastball up and away. Like that's, that's, a, I've never seen that. Like I've literally never seen that in the game. That shit was hilarious. Oh, thank God like, he walked. It wasn't funny, but it was funny because I just feel like I know I'd be losing my shit right now if I was in that dugout. Like, <laughs> watching Gardy's reaction, bro, just makes uh, me laugh. It's so funny. Thank God he ended up walking because, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? As much as there was an outroar anyway, it would have been unbelievable. I mean, it was basically a pitch out that he called you know, a strike. You know what's, what's good is is I think if they don't go to the to the electronic strike zone, they can't open the video room back up. You can't let guys see that. Like, you can't. Like you can't let a guy be able to see CB called out a strike and then run back up to the dugout because everybody's getting thrown out. You know what I'm saying? Like if you go if you go keep letting him do home plate and playoff games, keep the video room closed too. Just take the video out of it. Man, I, I, by the way, I get the feeling you're kind of liking in watching these playoffs as a fan this season, man. Me, yeah, I love it. I mean, yeah. because it's no pressure. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I'm just here as a fan, like. <laughs> That's it. So, see, you, you know, you talked about turning the page to game four, and I think that, you know, the Yankee fans listening to R2C2 here, which, remember, tell everybody you know about the podcast. We are on a new feed now, so for those of you out there saying, hey, why don't I get the new episodes? Because we're with The Ringer now, so you need to follow the new feed. Follow on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at R2C2, on Instagram, at R2C2. Um but, you know, we have a lot of Yankee fans who listen to the pod, see, and I think they're going to feel a little better about at least the psychological aspect of things based on what you've talked about as far as not carrying over a poor decision from management, in my opinion, from one game to another, just being able to focus on the task at hand. See, that brings us to Jordan Montgomery. You, This is a guy you know incredibly well. I mean, how do you feel about Monty going into this spot tomorrow? And what insight can you give us into kind of the kind of guy he is and how he'll he'll handle a postseason start? 
I'm so excited, you know, Monty gets a chance to pitch in the postseason. He deserves this. You know what I mean? He uh, worked his butt off to get back. He, you know, he's looked great. He's added pitches. He's, you know, really worked on being a complete, you know, pitcher. So um, the fact that he gets a chance to start this playoff game, I'm super excited for him. So I know he's going to go out. I mean, he, he's, you know, he's like me, so he's going to be a little nervous at the beginning. If he can settle in and, and really just find a groove with those strikes, I think he'll be fine. Um, Obviously, you have, you know, Debbie to back him up. And then, you know, we just, you, every it's all hands on deck because, we you know, you're literally fighting for your life. You know, this, this, this is it. What does it feel like, see, when you're in an elimination game and your back's against the wall? To pitch or if I'm watching? Because that's two different things. Yeah. How about first off to pitch? To pitch, like, we're winning the game. If, if I'm pitching an elimination game, the season's continuing. That's, that's... I mean, I, there's no, and I, and I'm never like that. I like when I'm driving to the park for a game in April against whoever, you know, I'm always thinking there's a possibility I can get my shit lit up today. But if there's a, <laughs> if there's a game, elimination game, you know, or, or a game that, that needs to be won, I'm driving to the park. We won the fucking game. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the, the, but at, when I'm driving to the park as a, as a spectator, if I'm on the team and I just pitched game six or, and we going into game seven, I mean, it's the worst feeling in the world. Like, I'm running back and forth. I got bubble guts. I can't really even, like, it, it's hard to even describe that feeling, like sitting on the bench watching a, a, a elimination game, you know, especially a, a World Series game or, you know, a playoff game. It's, it's, it's really tough to sit there and watch. But being in the game, it's a different feeling. I mean, I always feel confident. Did you always have that mentality in those games? Uh, at the, the elimination games? Yeah. You know when it started? It started at, at that uh, last game in uh, Milwaukee, uh, last game of the season, when I had to go out and we had to beat the Cubs to to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I just just had this feeling like that I was going to pitch well, even though I pitched really bad in the playoffs the year before. I just was I, – I don't know. I just I – just, something came over me where I was like – I knew I was going to pitch good. And, and ever since then, I tried to – mimic that feeling. So I would I would even fake it. Even if I didn't think that, I would be driving to the park, you know, trying to fake it, trying to get catch that feeling. But no, I was always confident. Is that something you'll share with Monty to kind of put in his head as he gets ready for tomorrow? No, I won't talk to him. Like, it ain't, you know, there's no time. I mean, I, there's nothing I can tell him now. You know what I'm saying? We've had yeah. all these conversations. There's nothing I can tell him now that's, that's going to make a difference from him going out there at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Um, you know, he he's ready for this. He's worked hard. We've had... We've talked. He's talked. He's prepared. Um, you know, I actually talked to him before the game today. So, um, you know, I think I think he'll I think he'll be fine. I'm excited for him. I'm I'm really really happy that he gets a chance to start this playoff game. Five o'clock tomorrow. What, what, is the game being well, bumped they, up or is he? Or, or, don't they play? Or, don't they play a, a, a eight o'clock game you, Eastern tomorrow? I, or I, I think, got the wrong time. I I think I think Mon I think Monty's going to be a little early to the mound if that's the case, man. Wait, eight, eight o'clock, five o'clock West Coast time, right? It's eight o'clock Eastern, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, seven o'clock Eastern tomorrow. Oh, so four o'clock game. Yeah, exactly. Oh wait, are you in the west on the West Coast right now? No, I'm on the East Coast. I'm saying yeah, for okay. him, he's in San Diego. Oh shit! Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that that makes a That's difference, guys. That's on that, me. That that makes a big difference, bro. Oh, when it, when, what time gosh. the game starts? You like, know. When it's, those playoff games, it, it, it's it's weird because sometimes they start at eight o'clock, eight thirty, four o'clock, yeah. two o'clock, noon. Yeah. So like you get weird start times. So tomorrow, yeah, it should be a four o'clock or, or five o'clock start for. Man, you know what? 
that was yeah that was just uh that was <laughs> ridiculous on my part but i'm like i'm sitting here thinking like why does he think the game's starting at that time like he he's in florida he's not that's east eastern time yeah oh, yeah man. yeah you're right I mean, did you notice, see, like, because we saw in the first couple innings, it seemed like the shadows in game three were a factor. It's going to be the same time starting for game four. Is, I mean, how, is that a real thing? Like, is that a serious advantage for a pitcher? Will that be a serious advantage for you, Monty you would in have those to, early innings? You would have to ask the hitters, but I, I yeah. always felt like it was for sure. Like, yeah. Um, I always would like to get, catch those four o'clock starts and, you know, be able to just find the groove early. Because that can let you settle in. You know what I mean? You find your fastball command. Guys can't really see the ball. You know, they miss hitting it. You're getting weak contact. And then, you know, by the time, you know, they can see, then you got everything locked in. You know, your changeup's working. You're spinning the breaking ball. And you got the fastball command. So it could work to your advantage for sure. You know, I uh, you were talking about that kind of mentality you developed with elimination games. And I'll always remember you in the ALDS, that one weird year against Baltimore where the first two games were on the road and then the next three were at Yankee Stadium. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that was 2012, I think. That right? was 2012, yeah. I was yeah. hurting that year, bro. Were you? Well, yeah. you, you remember, though. I mean, obviously you remember. I mean, you were a, a monster in game five, just ridiculous. And I, and it, there was this feeling like, well, CeCe's on the mound, so the Yankees are going to find a way to win this game. And I'll always remember Amber like having this tweet that's like, "There's a beast reported loose in the Bronx <laughs> or something." It was something. It was something like that. As you were finishing off your, I think you threw a complete game in that game, right? Yeah, I think I threw two. I think I threw a complete game in game one. Game one as two, well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you, uh, that was the year I had game, the bone spurs in my elbow. Though it was like, oh, my in elbow game, was like swollen. Yeah, in game five. Yeah, you oh you threw eight and two thirds in game one, and then you threw you threw a complete game four hitter. Did we in, win game, game one five. or no? You, yeah, Did you we... won game one. Remember, uh, Russell Martin hit that big home run late. Oh in that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you won game one, got the win. And what then, I remember about game five was Nate McLeod hit a ball that was like this much foul, like oh, he hit a ball down the right field line. Yeah, and I remember yeah. once. I remember, like, I remember he called that foul, and once I got the ball back, I was like, game over. Like, that was it. That was <laughs> your chance to score right there. <laughs> it's done. That done. was it, guys. It was like foul by this much, and I was like, oh, no, that was it. You know what I'm wondering, man? And, and then I'll, I want to get to some questions from people on Twitter, too, as we set up game four, but because Monty's not necessarily a power pitcher the way you were in your prime, did you still have that mentality when you were pitching in those elimination games, of which you did later in your career as well, of, hey, we're winning today. Like, was it as easy to keep that mentality when you weren't throwing 98? It was easier because I, I had, like, a real game plan. Like, in 2017, when I had to pitch game five in, uh, in Cleveland, like, I had a game plan. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, I knew Joe wasn't going to let me go out there long. Yeah. But I was just going to throw my backdoor slider until the motherfuckers hit it. And that's <laughs> and we ended up striking out nine people in four innings. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I had, like, an actual plan. And then I went into the Astros series. We were down 2-0, but I'm pitching at home. I love to pitch at home. I'm in the Bronx. Like, this is, this is these my people. Like, so I, I, felt, I, I felt extremely confident uh, in, in, those, in those games. I mean, 
I remember game five of uh, game five in Cleveland. Like I stayed up all night watching uh, something on Netflix. It was one of those times where I was been watching. I stayed up till like five in the morning and like slept till four. Like I just I felt really good about going out there. And then Didi hit the home run, and I was like, oh, like we good, we got this. Like yeah, it was crazy. Then you made the sliding catch with the divot heard around the world, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful play. Um, I, uh, you know what? You've actually, I mean, I see. I have been just so annoyed with the beginning of game two that it has lingered into my mood throughout <laughs> this entire day. And and, and I want to blame my back nine uh, today on the, the start to game two. I want to say oh, that's shit. why things went awry. So you just been all fucked but, up then. Oh, man. I just, I, 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 I think it was just a terrible, terrible decision for, for so many reasons. And I just wish there was more of a nuanced balance between analytics and, and, and soul and smarts and playing to your own strengths rather than focusing the other team's weaknesses. However, I've, I've gotten that out. I've got it out of my system. And you have brought me back to a place of some confidence going into game four. So I appreciate that. Thank you. No, for sure. I mean, you're, you're a Yankee fan like I'm a Raider fan. Like, like yeah, yeah. I, I get it. So I get it. I get it. <laughs> so these questions on, uh, oh, by the way, yeah. Our group chat was was blowing up about this because I think Siegel, our good buddy Matt Siegel, I think he he was even more annoyed than I was about that. So <laughs> yeah. me, me and him, he's you don't know how many texts I've been getting about this. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I bet I bet I do. So uh, uh, we have some interesting questions on Twitter from people. I mean, I, this might be the the most questions we've ever gotten on social media when we've thrown this out, and we get a lot. Um, and, and so I'm just going to try and aggregate some of them and, and give a pop to to a, a handle or two, even though there may be 10 that ask the same question or more. But uh, Chris Casey wanted to know this, and, and so did this guy, uh, Neil YC123 on Twitter. So I'm going to take Neil's wording of this question for you, see. says, can CeCe defend Gary as a pitcher who threw to him? And a lot of people wonder about the heat that Gary's been taking in these playoffs. And so, see, I know in the past you've talked about you know, Gary in favorable terms. And I'm just wondering if there's a way for you to kind of explain what that experience was like throwing to him, because obviously people have very strong opinions about that. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had a good experience thrown to him. Um, obviously he was a, a young catcher, you know, coming up and I was a vet, but um, for me, you know, you can be bad at something, but long as you work at it, like baseball's hard, you know what I'm saying? And, and he's back there catching. He's trying to learn his staff. You know, you know, the Yankees always bringing in new free agents and these big, you know, big time acquisitions and pitchers and trading for people. So that's a tough, that's a tough job. You know what I'm saying? And I just think it's a, it's a lot on him. You know, am I catching on one knee? Can I, you know, am I still in mm. strikes? Am I? It's, and then he's got a hit. It's it's a bunch. It's a lot on him. And but for me, I always defend Gary because he works his ass off. If he didn't work, if he wasn't trying, if he didn't care, mm. then there was no way I could sit here and defend him. Uh, as, a, as a player, as a teammate and everything, even when you see him excited when Higgy gets a hit or yeah. Higgy goes deep, you know, like, so he's into it. He, he wants to be great. It's just he's having a tough time right now. So, um, but, but, I, but I think he'll, he'll definitely figure it out. A lot of people obviously had questions about game two, and uh, we, we've certainly covered that. but. Uh, this question from Jordan Boss brings us to game four, and he asked, does Monty's last outing against the Rays mean anything tomorrow? And for those who don't 
remember, uh, you know, that outing was was not a good one. No, it doesn't. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, but it just doesn't. Um, you know, you get to the playoffs, you know, everything's different. You know, you, your arm's feeling fresher, you know. You don't feel any pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, he may have been feeling something that day or something may have been off. Um, but going into these games, you feel pretty fresh, which is which is weird because it's the end of the season and it's in October. But, the you know, your adrenaline kicks in and, um, you know, you were able to go out and finish pitches and be a little more crisp. So, if anything, if he had a bad start, it kind of gives you an advantage because they're looking for some maybe some flat, some flat stuff or some, you know, some stuff that wasn't spinning the way it maybe will be tomorrow night. Uh, this question from at Yankees West, CC, can you fly to San Diego and give those boys a pep talk? <laughs> <laughs> man, I wish, I wish, man. It ain't, it, like, but like I said, even if I was there, there would be no pep talk to give. We all know what's at stake. And like I said, that that core has been through it and, and they know what's going on. So, uh, you know, Guardy's there. They got it. They got it. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm very confident that they can go out and win the game tomorrow. How about this one? This one kind of is it's similar to what we talked about earlier, see, but I, but it's a little more of a specific ask. Sports dudes with a whole bunch of numbers. Sorry, bro. I'm not going to read them all. He says, Cece, if you were in Jay Hap's position, would you have liked that? And would you have demanded that you just start the game? And I guess I'm really interested in that second part because I'm guessing you wouldn't have liked it, see, but would you have demanded, no, I'm starting the game? I'm trying to think if I would have like, yeah, no. I mean, that, I, I hate to sound like this, like this, but like that shit. That, like, I'm not going for like no. Either I'm starting, or you're just gonna put me in the bullpen. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. I, that's just me. You know. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, and yeah, see, no. I, I think that's. I mean, that's that's very reasonable. Even the when the Rays started the opener. One of the things they talked about was you need total buy-in for it to work, right? Yeah. Like you need it, it. It can't work with everybody. But this is the thing. This is what I. But even when I was saying on a group chat last night, like I understood what they were trying to do. I understood it. Yeah. It it just didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? But like I understood them trying to get those lefties in the lineup for, for Hap, and he's been pitching well and, and really been eating up lefties. So I understood what they were trying to do. That's what, so that's why like it's hard for me to sit here and, and say. No, because if they would explain it to me in the way where they were trying to get all those lefties in the lineup, whereas, you know, the Rays that I face would be all right hand, right-handed, you know what I'm saying? Um, so so, so you you're know, saying I mean, if they if they explained it a certain way, you could have gotten to a place where you're like, all right, I'm on board, let's do it. I know myself, I, I would have bought into anything. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, I just want to fucking win. So if you explain it to me like, this is going to help us win, then okay, I'll go out and, I'll go out and execute like this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I answered that question, yeah and no. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so it's what weird. the hell, I man? Mean, yeah, no, yeah no. it's just it's just weird. Like the it, the only reason we sit here talking about it is because the shit did not work out. If 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 Happer goes out and and, and to be honest, like he like he could have got a couple pitches too. He was all over the place, but there were a couple of times where it, to the lefties where it, you know ball was down on the way that he could he could have got a pitch or two. Mm. Would have changed the count. So. Um, if, if he pitches better, I don't think, you know, there's a problem with this, to be honest, because they set him up to face a bunch of lefties, which it wouldn't it wouldn't have been if he, if he would have just regularly started the game. H- have you been nervous watching these games? 
Uh, yeah and no. Yeah. Um, I get nervous at times, uh, just for like certain guys because I want them to like come through and do well. Um, but I like I don't miss it. You know what I'm saying? So no. So like it's like I go, I can like sit on my couch or I can change the channel if I. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I don't have to sit there and watch it and suffer through that shit. Like. I can just change the channel and, and and really not participate if I don't want to be a part of it. So <laughs> I I have been enjoying it. It, it. I've been enjoying it in that sense. But when I am watching, I'm pretty nervous. You know what's interesting, man? I I get so nervous, and I'm it's um my claps are so loud on big hits, and I'm firing remotes into pillows on missed strikes and balls and whatever. But there's something amazing just about the drama of postseason baseball, isn't there? It's just like ah man. And I love that. I think that's my thing too. Like you want them to keep winning because you want to keep having this experience. Like I'm not ready to not, I'm not ready for tomorrow to be the last game of this Yankee season. You know, like I want more shit. It's going to be a long, cold winter in this Northeast with COVID man. Give us some yeah. more nights of these games. Like, Oh yeah. And to be honest, like I'm really looking forward to going to games. Like I, I want to go to like the Bronx with the fans and like, yeah. I'm looking forward to that experience for me, like to be a fan in that sense. Like I've watched plenty of games on TV. Um, you know, like I'm watching and they show in the bullpen, Harky's explaining shit. I'm laughing, like, you know, Guardy's <laughs> going off. So like I, you know, I I, I you know, I, I can get a feel for what's going on through the TV, but uh, you know, I can't wait to get there and like be an actual fan. With, You're sitting with the bleachers fans. one game? No, I'm sitting in Legends because they got free food down there. Are you crazy? I'm not sitting in the fucking bleachers. What's wrong with you? You're too fancy. I'm, sit, I'm you, sitting in Legends. You, I'm you, way too boozy for the bleachers, guys. You're crazy. <laughs> I'm sitting in Legends where they got lobster and shit. You're tripping. Fair, fair enough, man. Oh, that's a great way to spoil people, by the way. You get them in Legends once, and then they're always like, hey, man, uh, you, you got those Legend seats again? <laughs> like, you got them? Like, like no, no, I don't. I um, don't. I, I do not. That was that was a one time deal. All right. See, um, we we you know we thought the Yankees talk, especially given the controversy of Game Two, and you know their backs against the wall, and hey, game just ended. We thought that should be first up on the pod, but we are still gonna get to sling and heat. We will do that after a word about Fanduel. Well, guys, we got to tell you about our new favorite betting concept this season. Same game parlays on FanDuel Sportsbook. I mean, it's pretty outstanding. It's pretty simple, too. All you have to do is combine multiple bets from one game into a single parlay. This way, the payouts are even bigger when you win. Let's take game three between the Braves and the Marlins. Atlanta minus one and a half. I like that. I think Atlanta's going to close out Miami. But Miami has Sanchez on the mound. Under eight and a half runs seems more reasonable to me than over. Same game parlay. Boom. Now, there's one catch. FanDuel is the only sports book that has these same game parlays. See, you've been killing it with your football picks. I know you've been looking at Cowboys Giants for a same game parlay. Yeah, I really like the I really like the Cowboys plus uh, minus nine and a half, um, and then I like the, I like them to score over thirty two points against the Giants at home. Um, they've been putting up some big points, obviously late in games, but um, you know they need a big win in the division. I feel like they get off to a good start and put put a whooping on the on your Giants, guys. <laughs> yeah, they've been struggling, uh, but your picks have not been so. 
hey, you know, maybe you guys want to follow C's advice there on his same game parlay. If you don't already have a FanDuel account, just use the promo code R2C2 when you sign up so they know we sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code R2C2. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, or Iowa. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Terms apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. And in Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. All right, see, we uh, introduced this segment a few weeks ago, and we do it every R2C2 now. It's Sling and Heat, where you give us three just outstanding hot takes on uh, three different sports opinions you have at the moment. So what is the uh, first fastball you're firing our way in Sling and Heat? My first Sling and Heat is that the NFL hates the Vegas Raiders, bro. Why are you saying this? They hate us. Because if you look at our schedule, the way it's set up, first of all, we had to play the Saints the first game in the Death Star. Like, why we couldn't play fucking Jacksonville or somebody where we get a win? We get, like, they were trying to set us up for a loss. Our schedule is the hardest in the NFL every year. We lead the league in penalties, bro. We, we almost won the game last week. And they called Josh, Josh Jacobs gets a 15-yard catch. He's running with the ball. They call him for leading with his helmet. And then I'm watching the fucking... Sunday night game and the Raiders, I mean, and then the 49ers running back does the same exact fucking thing and he called it a touchdown, cuz. We get every bullshit rule called against us, bro. It's a fucking joke. I'm tired of it. You I'm know tired what's funny? of it. They setting us up, cuz. It's, it's some bullshit. I'm telling you. What's amazing is I don't know if there is a fan base in all of sports that has more conviction behind the. This league hates us. Bro, if then, you just then Raiders watch the fans, game, man, you guys all, you, all have this. You all, all you have, have to this. do is watch the game. The fucking <laughs> tuck rule. They made a whole fucking rule about some bullshit fumble that could have that could have changed the, the course of our franchise, bro. The NFL <laughs> hates us, guys. I'm telling you. You know what's funny? You you were feeling probably pretty okay about playing Tampa Bay and Cleveland out of your bye week, but you're not feeling so great about that anymore. Absolutely not. And Ugh. so we got we got the Chiefs coming up, and then we got Tampa and Cleveland. Like, oh, come man. on, man. It's terrible. But, but you will you will then have the Chargers and Broncos. Uh, yeah, so and, Justin and Herbert Jets. can light us up. Uh, the guy for the Chargers looking great, too. But you yeah. know what, though? We, we are looking good. I'm excited about what we got going on. Our defense looks better. Offense has got some weapons. But we just need the referees to get off our fucking backs. And you need John Gruden to pick up his mask. Otherwise, you're going to lose a draft pick at some point soon here. Uh, nah, you know what? I just want them to keep finding him. So, I mean, we ain't got to pay him $10 million. Maybe if we get some of that fucking money back, we can get some more players. Go give it to Khalil Mack. <laughs> he's, he's making $100 million. Like, he can afford to. Whereas, he, he can afford to go no mask the whole game. You know what's always funny to me about that, though? The Like, whenever... I've talked to coaches and obviously I've worked with a lot of them as my analysts in games about fines. They have hilarious stories about their <laughs> spouses being so pissed at them for the things <laughs> that they get fined with. Like, I, I think we always, when we as fans see a fine and you know, someone's making a lot of money, 
and you're like, oh, they were fine, fifty thousand. That's nothing Bro, to them. And that's and then, ridiculous. Yeah, like right. You, you get you get home, and it's a different conversation than the one fan thinks happening. Yeah. Baseball fines are never that much money. At the ne- most, we get fined five thousand dollars. Like these guys in the NFL and basketball, they get fined two hundred thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars for a hit. Like man, baseball for at like I think the most I've ever paid for a fine is like. 750 bucks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, come on, what man. A, wait, tell me, what's the... If, if you got fined 100K for not wearing a mask, what's the conversation like with Amber when you get home? <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure she's going to be pissed. I yeah. can't even... I mean, I'd be pissed at myself. I couldn't even imagine getting fined 100 grand. Like, come on. That's I crazy. Know. I know, That's crazy. Man. That's oh, crazy. It's, ri- it's ridiculous. Okay. What, what you got next for slinging heat, see? My second slinging heat is that we need to give Derek G the credit. Like, put him in the Hall of Fame as an executive right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's going into the Hall next year as a player, but if everybody want to say he was ruining the baseball season, his whole team had COVID, what is he doing down there? I mean, he got that team into the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, the second round of the playoffs. They beat the Cubs in Wrigley. Like, yeah, you got to give my man some credit, bro. Uh, you know what? You know me. I love the captain. And he, you know, he will always be that guy for me who I rooted for growing up, who's who basically I, I never really thought of. And I was a diehard sports fan forever, but I never really thought of any celebrities or athletes as role models. I always had my parents as that. But my one exception i would say is Derek jeter because i he embodied even more so i think as i was older he embodied the things i wanted to be you know mainly i just loved his security and confidence without having to like tell you you know like there wasn't that like did did you see me i'm really great you know no 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 it was like a, i know i got this mentality you know and uh and and i love him and and i and i'm forever grateful to him as a as a yankee fan but I, uh, I think you're right, see? Like, people laughed at, at him for the moves he's made in Miami. And, yeah, sure, you can question certain things, obviously. But the overall picture now, I mean, you have to be impressed with what the Marlins have done this season. I mean, nobody expected them to be able to do this. you got to give him love for what he's been able to do. Nah, you have to be impressed. And, you know, I got a chance to spend some time with him uh, over the Super Bowl weekend down in Miami and he kept telling me, he was like, see, I'm telling you, I got some players coming. And obviously, you know me, I'm always jabbing at him and talking shit. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. But, like, to actually have these players come in, step up, you know, the rookies step up the way they did, is the, the guys that he had starting. I mean, man, him and Madeline's got to be the manager of the year. And, and I'm just excited and wanted to show him some love because every, nobody wants to talk about that shit. They always want to talk about the bad shit. You know what I'm saying? And there's – because there's no bad shit. So they want to make mm-hmm. up some shit. You know what I'm saying? So – Show my man some love. Get off his back, bro, and, and just let him work down there in Miami. Think about it. Like, the the thing that got the most run on the negative side of Jeter was the gift basket thing that went around. Like, that's, <laughs> that, 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 that's how pristine this guy was. They had to come up with, a, they had to come up with that. Because you're right, see, whenever, when there's no bad there, they try and find something. So I'm glad you're highlighting the good. Yeah, man. He 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 deserves it, man. All right, see, what's the final sling and heat today? My final sling and heat is more of a question than it is a, okay. a you know, um, me slinging some heat. It is, what is Kyrie Irving talking about? They have no head coach. 
when Steve Nash was just, I just saw that shit come across the bottom on ESPN that Steve Nash got hired as the head coach. So what is he talking about, right? What is he talking about, right, Rico? Explain this to me because I got all this net shit. I'm excited about KD being here. And it sounds like we, we about to fuck this up already. I de- I'm definitely, I got my warrior shit. I'm going to dust that shit off. If, if shit start getting weird in Brooklyn, bro, you know I'll bail, cuz. I, I can't roll with no losers, cuz. What are we doing? Please. Please stay with us. Let's see how we are with Kyrie and KD. I know we're both in the Nets gear right now. I have to say, I I didn't listen to the full podcast. Yeah, nobody yet. did. Of course we haven't. We gotta listen to yeah. the full podcast, but yeah, yeah. We we gotta listen to the full podcast, you know. I don't know who got a bigger headline. Kyrie for that comment on KD's podcast, or you for calling Correa a clown on R2C2. <laughs> <laughs> they both got run. <laughs> By the way, that, that, this guy, this guy basically has hit a home run every bat since we we, we, we got him hot, oh, guys, or I got oh, him hot. Man, I think we did, man. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, we never said he wasn't a good hitter. We never said uh, that. Uh, so I um I have worry about this though with Kyrie. I do, and it's not just because internally, right? I- 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 internally, I-, I have to say. There's been amazing reception for Kyrie. Like this is something I felt for a while. Um, people have obviously questioned him as a teammate and 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 questioned his presence. And I, you know, I, I talk to these guys all the time, and I have relationships where people on that team are honest with me, and they rave about Kyrie. Like they love having Kyrie around. Like you, you, you ask Karis Levert. I mean, we talked about it with Karis. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you ask Joe Harris. You ask Spencer Dinwiddie. Like these guys love Kyrie. Um, and obviously KD loves Kyrie. And I, I think my bigger concern is when he says stuff like that, I think he is probably saying it in a more nuanced way than what is going to be taken and and run with, right? And he, for whatever reason, he is a he's a hot button guy with the media. You know, he's become why though. I, I, I wonder don't know. why. Uh, I it's mean, weird, right? They he, take he, everything he says and just like runs with it. I mean, obviously, look at us now. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, right? It's it's crazy how anything he says now just gets like so much run, and I'm sure he's tired of that. Yeah. Like, I feel like he almost needs to just hoop. You know what I'm saying? Like when he yeah. play when it's during the season, he's playing basketball. Like. Nobody fucks with him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's when you get into the offseason, he gets in podcasts and, like, you know, says something, and then people just go crazy about it. And, and look, he's a he's a super intelligent guy, and he obviously, you know, uh, thinks differently and and has, um, you know, yeah, he, he has really, I think, unique and interesting thoughts about things. And so, it if he's if he's talking about the Nash thing, and I have to listen to the full thing before I can fully comment. But like when you see the headline, you're like, oh man, like you don't want to say that because not so much because I feel like Steve Nash is going to be offended or not be able to do his thing because I'm quite confident they're going to be able to work it out together. And I know there's mutual respect. It's more so like, ah, now you're going to have to like put out another fire and everyone's going to be answering questions about this. And people are going to wonder right away oh does Kyrie respect Steve Nash you know and so I think that's the that's kind of where I go with it is just knowing what the media reaction is going to be and, and this is New York media you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah. like this is this is never going to go away so as no. soon as 
it's a timeout, and and somebody and the camera catches Kyrie not listening to what Nash say, then, then here we are again talking about the Nets don't have a head coach. You know what I'm saying? So like little shit like that can derail you more than the actual play and the chemistry of the team. Yes. See, that's the thing. See, you and I know, and obviously you know more intimately than me, but because I I have relationships with you know, different athletes and have covered teams for a while. I know this to a certain degree as well, that, you know, what's actually going on is often much different than the way fans perceive things or the way a media narrative is, right? You know, there are obviously some things that happen that become stories that there's a lot of truth to. But like, you know, if you asked, if you asked Yankee fans, you know, they would think that no pitcher would ever want to throw to Gary Sanchez. And you and I both know that's not that's true. That's not true. That's not true. Right. And there, if you ask the average basketball fan, do people want to play with Kyrie? They would say, absolutely not. But we know that's not true, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but what we also know is it, it because of the way this machine works, if you say things like he said, that's going to be plucked out. You know, it doesn't look good. There's no defending the way it looks. I mean, it doesn't look good to say we don't really have a head coach. But even, I mean, even him saying that he never played with a guy that could make the that that could hit yeah. the, the same shot. Is he lying? No. So, like, why is everybody freaking out? Yeah, like, yeah, right. What the fuck? He ain't lying. He no. actually hit the shot to win in the championship in Cleveland. So, I mean, what what is everybody freaking out about? You know what I'm saying? Like. I- and people obviously took that as a shot at LeBron, but really, if it, really to it's, me, it's, it's like it's the, the different same players. shot that everybody takes at LeBron, though. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, the, true. You know what I'm saying? Like that's true. And, and, but but it's actually coming from the guy that hit the fucking shot, so yeah. he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It, I, I'm so interested to see because I, you know, Kyrie is never going to be a guy who everybody rallies around his commentary, right? Like when it comes to when when it comes to things like what he said about, you know, not necessarily having a, a head coach, right? Um, but if he produces on the floor and his teammates love him and he has a good relationship with Nash, does it matter? I don't think it matters. And and, and I mean if they make a deep playoff run or bring a championship to Brooklyn like I mean, Kings of yeah. New York. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, that's the shit's literally never been done. So, you know, you almost have to just like if you're him, you almost have to just like, yeah, this is what I think. If you have a problem with this, it, okay, like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. You know, you almost have to. Maybe he does operate that way. You almost have to because he's no. Never, I don't think he operates that way because then he'll get on like his live and then try to explain what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so no, he don't. He did, don't operate that way tr- because if if he did, did, he would he wouldn't try to explain himself. It's interesting, man. Like I, every experience I've had personally with Kyrie, I've he's always been great to deal with. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I've always had great experiences with him, but like, I obviously can acknowledge that headline is like you look at it and you're like, ooh, man, like you know. But yeah, I, you know, like I think I, I think it's just like gonna happen with him. I think he's just gonna say some things like that that you look at and and if you just you just purely looking at the quote, you're like. Ooh. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's just in there. You know, I think it's part of, I think it's part of the, what he does and, and the way he, he, you know, shares his thoughts. And the other thing is this, see, you know, just on the, the 
basketball front. The reality is we do know that when it comes to superstars in the NBA, it is a collaborative process, right? Like, I think I'm still waiting to hear LeBron James give credit to any head coach he's ever played for. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever heard him say, like, yeah, you know, was it, you know, really good? You know, have, have has he mentioned Frank Vogel's name this year? I don't know if he has. Nah, you know, but you know I, like, I feel like he would always give Ty Lue, uh Yeah, he, he did give Ty, Ty Lue, Lue, I guess, a little credit. Yeah. But, like, and he, he gave, he gave, yeah, he did. He, he did? Uh-huh. Uh, he would. I feel like, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I he, he would, uh, like, to a, I mean, how hard is it? To, I mean, it's got to be hard to coach that dude, though. You oh, know of course. Of course. Like, I don't, I don't, you don't hear Kobe talking about feel that much, or you didn't that much. Well, you know what that's, I'm saying? that's kind of my point with the Kyrie thing is he's, he's not wrong in the sense that, like, it's it's a little more collaborative, right? Yeah. Like it's 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 a little more collaborative. And I think he was trying to express that thought of like, you know, it's not just like there's one leader and we follow him and that's it. You know, we're you know, I and I have like kind of like the quarterback yet. and the head coach. Same shit. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. Like, yeah. like what Brady's going through with Arians down there where, you know, they're trying to mesh their both their styles together and try to figure out how they can both co-lead and and make it work with that team down there. Right. Like, you know, we, you know, it's see it's kind of like R2C2 and uh and our producers, you know? Like if <laughs> if Sadie Zillow just tells us what to do all the time, like that's not cool, but we respect Sadie and it's a collaborative process, right? For sure. Like, for sure. And she can she can whip us into shape when we need it, but it's a collaborative kinda, kinda process. Kind of like my kind of like my marriage, which is collaborative <laughs> maybe fucking 20% of the time. Most of the rest of the time I'm getting told what the fuck to do. <laughs> and right now you're probably getting told to wrap this podcast up. People in the house gotta go to no, sleep. No, I'm actually watching the uh the Dodgers. The Dodgers oh, really? Right What's yeah. the score? It's six three, bottom of the eight. Dodgers. All right, Dodgers still lead. Um, yeah. All right. I think see, I well, think I got one more. I got one more. Oh, you got one more. Though. Oh shit! Yeah, all I got right, like a bonus. bonus. Okay. The, the bonus is we got to get some love to Sue Barry, man. The goat. They, you know. Yeah, home that man. Shit, bro. We cannot get off the pod and not give her love, man. That's that's awesome that they was able to pull that off down there in in the bubble, in the wobble, I guess. Yeah, that's right, in the wobble, and you know, um, it's uh. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're throwing that love, man. It's it it's incredible what she's done, dude. Sue set a playoff record and a finals record, sixteen assists in game one. She turns forty on October sixteenth. She's in her seventeenth season. Obviously, this year had incredibly unique challenges. She also then had a double-double with, uh, I think she had 16 and 10 in game two. She would have had another 10 assist game in game three, but she didn't have to play the last, you know, quarter and a half because they were up by so much. It's, it's, we, I mean, we love her personally, and, and it's incredible what she's done in her career. Nah, it's, it's incredible. And I know she was battling the injury down there just to get back. So, nah, tats off to her. I mean, 17 years, still winning championships. That's dope. And we could tell, I don't think we told the story, uh, throughout the season, but we can tell it now, see, that you helped her get ready. Uh, Sue, at the end of, um, at the end of, or maybe did we tell when she was on the pod with Megan? We might yeah. have. I'm not sure. Yeah. We did? Okay. Well, yeah. fuck it. We already did. <laughs> but, you know, but like for people who missed that pod, uh, when uh, in quarantine, when Sue had no access to a, a hoop for months, 
uh, as her and Megan were at their apartment and uh, you have a court at your mm -hmm. lovely house and uh, you were nice enough to open that up to Sue. And so her first basketball work getting ready for this championship season came at Casa de Sabathia. <laughs> yeah, it was it was dope to have her over. Um, you know, uh, like I said, Michael Palmer, he's a big, big basketball fan. So like, so he was watching her work out and like just really into it. So it was cool. And I was glad we was able to help, um, you know, help her get ready for the season. Well, pay dividends, man. Title number four for Sue. Pretty cool stuff. And and congrats to her, Brianna Stewart, and all the Seattle Storm. And see, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore without my hour, 50-minute uh, turned into three-hour, 45-minute drives to Bristol from New York City, man. It's going to be... <laughs> I'm going to have a lot less podcasts I can listen to, I guess. Oh, man. No, thank you. No, thank you. You got to get right. the helicopter. You got to get the helicopter in the contract. Man, man I, yeah. That's... A, that. ESPN's looking to spend more money right now. Let me tell you, that sounds good. <laughs> I did see, I did see Alex's security detail there. Uh, one of the days he was calling games the same time I was at Bristol, and I saw him with his, uh, with whatever mobile he had going uh, to get him to to call the baseball games up there in Bristol. It was. What it, do you mean security detail? Yeah, I mean, what are you had, talking he had, about? He had some kind of security <laughs> guy with him, man. I don't know who it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> It was some kind of – it was a guy I didn't want to mess with. I can tell you that. Oh, man, that's great. Oh, it was funny. All right, see, game four. Yanks win and even it up? Yeah, I think so. I think right. I think the Yankees win, and then hopefully Garrett can come back on short rest and uh, and get us at ALCS. All right, well, let's hope that happens. And uh, you know what, see, then if we get a game five, maybe we do an instant react pod after game five as a bonus app, man. Who knows? For sure, for sure. All let's right. do it. All right, uh, you guys know the deal. Um, make sure you're following us on Spotify, downloading our pod, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, and tell everybody you know. Follow us on social, at R2C2 on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, you can follow me and C individually on both platforms as well. New episodes every Thursday and bonus episodes thrown in as well. That's all for now. Enjoy your sports. We love you. Peace.